0: Hey, welcome to Bustin' Balls. I'm Pat Caputo, along with the webmaster. uh, That is Evan Jenkins. Uh, We're here uh, pretty much every week uh, doing a a podcast here on Odyssey uh, about drafts, prospects, and the future. And this week, we're going to focus in on the the Lions. The Lions. A lot of talk. Their last three drafts by Brad Holmes. got everybody talking. The first two my opinion, were the best drafts the Lions have ever had in back-to-back uh, NFL drafts. And I don't believe that's an exaggeration. So a lot of it's a credit to Holmes. A lot of it is an indictment on their past. Certainly the best since the merger, which the merger was in 1970. Uh, <laughs> before a lot of people listening to this, you weren't even alive, including my good friend Evan, who nope. was not alive at that time. I don't even think he was a twinkle in his father's eye. I wasn't. Parents were only dating
1: at that time, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know,
0: uh, the whole thing, if you look at Amara St. Brown, obviously a fourth-round pick, a gem. You look at Aiden Hutchinson, Penny Sewell, it's hard to say they missed when they took him in the first round. You could debate whether they took the right guy, but I don't think anybody's complaining. And other players have just... You know, Kirby Joseph picked off Aaron Rodgers three times last year. Uh, You just go down the list; even undrafted free agents uh, have contributed. Now, the question here, though, uh, with it, is what's the development going to be like? First year to second year, second year to third year, and how much will this current rookie class contribute right away? And we also have the 10,000-pound albatross around the entire town, and that is Jamison Williams because he is overriding a lot of this with the attention. Certainly the first preseason game didn't go well. Preseason game two is coming up here. And bottom line, to trade up, miss a pick, have a shot at Christian Watson perhaps, who could be a great player for the Packers, and to look around at the other receivers that he was compared to at the time, the Garrett Wilsons, the Olaves, the Drake Londons, who have all started their career smoothly. So where are the Lions at? How is this going to project? And I think when we'll start with the rookie class here.
1: Well, one more thing on J-Mo, Pat, just in case you didn't see it. He did go down with an apparent hamstring injury at practice today.
0: Oh, So so that's.
1: He won't probably play in the second preseason game if if it is true that it's a hamstring injury.
0: I like the air quotes, too. It's not on our podcast, but you definitely had the hamstring in there like you were somewhat suspicious with a quote-unquote hamstring.
1: <laughs> well, because we just don't know yet. So all the practice reports is that he went down and grabbed his hamstring, so that's why I'm saying it's an apparent hamstring injury. It just, it just sucks because you want him to go out there and play, and unfortunately it looks like he won't be able to. Well, here, here's the thing.
0: Uh, I think this rookie class is going to be decided to a degree on what other rookies do, like it always is. Or in the case of the Lions, their first pick, Jameer Gibbs, I think it's going to be compared to what DeAndre Swift does with the Eagles. If DeAndre Swift has a great year for the Eagles, which is entirely possible because he couldn't be put in. Any better circumstances to succeed. And he is a talented player. And Gibbs does not do well, that will be something that'll definitely come back and resonate. I think the good news for Lions fans is Gibbs in his initial appearance in the preseason, the things he's done in in training camp have been impressive by all accounts. And I think there's a chance he'll be a productive player as a rookie. The question is if Swift goes off and the Eagles end up having a really good team, which is, you know, they were the favorites to go to the Super Bowl and the NFC. How is that going to resonate? Uh, Second thing, Sam Laporta, the tight end. They gave up some draft capital to move up for him. And I liked it at the time. And I still like Sam Laporta in a certain way. Uh, But the one thing about Sam Laporta is he provides nothing blocking, zero, So he has to make those first-down catches. He has to do a little bit more than catch the ball on target and in stride like he did at Iowa so well. And there has to be a time or two when he gets deep, especially because the Lions lack an outside receiver joining Amara St. Brown. I know Cliff Raymond and Reynolds and some of these other guys have done reasonably well, but it's very different uh, than if you've got a burner on the other side. So that's the concern, and he's going to have to contribute significantly. Now, the thing about tight end, it's not the easiest position to just drop yourself in and play in the NFL at a high level. There's a lot of nuance to it, very different
1: than what he faced in college competition. Well, and I I think to your point about the two straight drafts, Pat, is James Mitchell coming in. I think he's going to play a big role for them. He's a guy that was injured with an ACL coming out of college, and It seems like at the end of last year, they started getting him in a little bit, and it seems like this year, he could be tight end one or two coming out the rip. Absolutely, and
0: he might end up being a better player this year than Sam Laporta, and it doesn't mean Sam Laporta is going to be a bust. He's got a lot of pressure on him because they passed on Musgrave, they passed on Meyer, they passed on a number of tight ends, but... It doesn't mean it's the end of the world, but I I, I don't know if the expectations of this year are going to match. And what is a reasonable amount of production for a Sam Laporta? Well, you know, like, what, what, what's, what's, what's the bar for this year? 400 yards and three touchdowns? I, I would think that that would be a good year. Right. 400, because, 400 yards would mean quite a few catches, probably close to 40, maybe 35, 30. I think that's a reasonable expectation. But these rookies have been hyped up so much, it's the same with Gibbs, that it's like, well, you know, a 1,000 yards, you know, or whatever. And that'll especially happen with Gibbs if Swift goes off. What's a reasonable expectation for Gibbs
1: this year, production-wise? Geez, wouldn't you hope he catches 60 passes and has 800 yards on the ground? Well, I
0: think that that is – Reasonable, I think. You know, but let me ask you this: If he catches sixty passes and has eight hundred yards on the ground, he's going to be basically close to a two thousand yard producer. And how many Probably. touchdowns does he score? I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be based on how many big plays he makes. I don't think it's the totality. If they're, it's about the totality of their rushing attack with him in Montgomery. But it's about how many big plays he breaks because he's got to have a few real chunk plays. We're talking 30 or more yards in that mix. And I think if he has a certain amount of yards, it's not going to matter if he doesn't have those big chunk plays. If he has those big chunk plays and maybe not as much yards, that would be the desired result rather than looking
1: at what his total amount of yards would be. And I didn't think with, with touchdowns, Pat, like we saw it with the Lions last year with DeAndre Swift that they just gave the ball to Jamal Williams on the goal line. And right. they'll probably do that same thing with David Montgomery.
0: Yeah, and Montgomery is a big factor. You know, he has to be at least as good or better than Williams last year. Yeah. But he's not a rookie. So the other uh, situation is defensively. Lions took branch. They should have taken branch at 45. I love the Jack Campbell draft pick. You know that. I think Jack Mm -hmm. Campbell is going to be big time. Uh, We talked about it before the draft. Those were two guys that we were in agreement on. And I don't think it would have been a stretch if they took Branch at 18, which, Mm. you know, was kind of, you know, he was being projected a little lower than that, and so was Campbell. I love those picks, and I think those two players will play and play well and be productive. Uh, I don't know, you can't judge interceptions, things like that, but I I think they'll get a lot of playing time, and I think they'll play a significant factor in an improved defense. But uh, the situation with Emmanuel Mosley, that's the defensive version of J-Mo,
1: and people don't Mm -hmm. even talk about it. It's worrisome that he's not on the field yet, and Dan Campbell was quoted saying it's going to be some time before we see him out on the field. So it's who's cornerback I mean, number two? got to put Jerry Jacobs out there, who's yet another right. young guy.
0: Uh, undrafted free agent, the first year of uh, the uh, Brad Holmes being the general manager. Terrible when he first got on the field. He's made a lot of progression, and it looks like he may be able to play that role. But have you looked at what's there behind him?
1: Not much. Oh, you know, it's really, really <laughs> yeah. And it is, and that's it, where they struggled last year
0: was a secondary bat. Now, is it possible they have to move Branch or or, or Gardner Johnson to outside corner at some point? Because they've got all kinds of safeties. They got Joseph, they've got Tracy Walker who's gonna get bumped out if Branch plays like this at slot corner because they're not gonna have not have Gardner Johnson on the field. He might be the rest of the player. And uh they're you know they're pretty much loaded at safety, but they don't have depth at corner. Do they move one of those guys in that corner and can Brian Branch, for example, play outside corner?
1: Well, just from I, what we've heard, it sounds like Branch would be the guy that would step in there. And 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 you and I both know being a rookie corner in the NFL is very, very tough, but it does seem like this young man is what you know like the big football guys would call just a football player like he might not, not have caller, blazing yeah. speed or anything like that he's just a football player
0: so that that role is going to be interesting and they always have injuries in the secondary seems like every year the lions are pulling somebody out of the coney island or something to play safety <laughs> or corner or something and looking at their backup corners it, it kind of looks like that i mean it, it's it's kind of shocking so maybe Branch has to play that role out of necessity if there is an injury there. You know, Cam Sutton should play well for him. I think Jacobs will do okay, but their secondary is definitely an issue. So those two positions, wide receiver and secondary, are the two positions where they're vulnerable. I don't think backer's a problem at all. I mean, they got good in, in backers. They got Anzalone. Barnes is a good player. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez is a good player, and Campbell's a good player. And even yeah. their backup guys, the Pittmans and so on, they're they're not bad when you put them out there. When you're talking about the secondary, not so much. And at receiver, and I know they got a couple good undrafted free agents, uh, Chase Cota and uh Dylan Drummond, but and their upgrades may be from Tom Kennedy, certainly athletically, in the case of Chase Cota. Size but, too. Yeah, he's he's you know, his father was an NFL player. You know, his, his his cousin's Brady Breeze, who's on their team. That they'll be practice squad roommates, you know, that, that this year probably. But that's, you know, the bottom line about it is there are some concerns with the team. And again, is like, is, is it okay to point that out? You know, is there so much excitement? Because I think it's an issue. Now, of the players they've drafted, I don't know what they're going to do with James Houston. That's the other factor. What do you do with a player like that? Even in the, everybody was talking about Julian Acora's sacks in the first preseason game, but Houston was ducking under a guy. He put a hurry on there. He, they don't, doesn't look like anybody can block this dude one on one. How do they use him? Because it's pretty obvious they don't feel comfortable with him in other situations. Is it just strictly a pass rush guy? And who, you know, obviously they feel comfortable with Harris. And what do they do with the Okoras Because the one has got a big contract. Yeah. So, uh, well, he took a cut and all that, but still, you know, what do they do? They've got too many people on the edge. So it's it's odd how, how that's all going to work out and what they're going to deploy. And a lot of it is because they've done a good job of drafting and signing free agents. I think inside they're going to be good. Uh, I really like Broderick Martin. Broderick Martin looks like the man to me. I, I didn't see it when I was watching the stuff from Western Kentucky. I didn't know much about him, frankly, when they drafted him. He wasn't productive, but it looks like he's going to be a good player. And I I also think that they're fine with their veterans there. Um, McNeil, more interested in being a three-technique tackle, is going to help him. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their defensive line, whether they are able to advance kind of a basic, scheme inside that they had last year because of the development but look for ala mcneil to have a big year evan because he's extraordinarily athletic he has lost some weight he does want to do the three technique thing which means less gap control and just holding your spot and more of an ability to push inside and i think they're going to deploy him that's another young
1: player that i'm anticipating is going to have a big year this year for the lions yeah. And then there's also Levi Ansarike. Is that how you say his name? He's there? A, he's, yeah, He's planning on having a comeback and being able to play. I know um, Will Birchfield wrote a story about him on 971theticket.com about how he's finally, hap- he's finally healthy and he's ready to do damage and, quote unquote, feels like he can play football now. So that's another guy that came out of a draft who's a second round guy that you hope to get something out of. Well, he and Pacquiao.
0: Those were two picks that they were considered kind of bust because they got injured. But Paschal did some things at the end of last year, and you're right about Uzurike. He did not play well his first year, and then he got hurt. But I think uh, he's shown considerable progress. Certainly, he was very good in the uh, snippets that I seen him in those in the preseason for sure. So yeah, there's a lot of depth there. So and that's been because of players, and and it all comes back to JMO because. Who has Brad Holmes missed on?
1: You could argue Levi, and that's about it, really. Levi, Uzureke, maybe Paschal.
0: The second-round picks have been classic Lions second-round yeah. picks. Uh, other
1: than that, I mean, pretty much
0: Lucas, late in the draft, he's a little older, but he's still
1: hanging around. Sure. He uh, played for him as a rookie. Right. So, I'm trying to think who he totally missed on. I don't really see any, I mean, obviously the question mark is going to be on Hendon Hooker coming off that ACL injury and being a quarterback, but I think that was a luxury pick where you could take that chance on trying to find a QB of the future later in the draft like that from a kid that has a lot of talent. Now, Hooker is an older player and 25 or 26 years old, so you don't know how his body is going to react to something like that, but he's out there. He's throwing. I remember even when they drafted him, they said on ESPN that the kid would be ready for training camp if need be. And, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold him off. We already have, have a quarterback. Boy, and then you have Teddy Bridgewater. and But that that's just a guy that they were able to draft and put in their back pocket until next year. And that's a nice luxury to have. Where in past years, Pat, I don't think they could afford to waste a pick like that. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you need them to perform. I do have one question, though, in regards to the running back room, because you mentioned Gibbs and we talked about Montgomery. Do you think the running back room is clearly better this year than it was last? And the reason I asked that is because last year they, they broke an all-time rushing record with touchdowns for Jamal Williams. You can say what you want about DeAndre Swift. He was still a big part of this team, and he was responsible for some of those explosive plays. I mean, we remember the play where he fell on his butt, essentially got back up and ran it in for a touchdown. So that a lot of people are saying that it's clearly a better running back room, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Neither
0: do I, actually. Uh There's a narrative uh, about DeAndre Swift. I understand why there was. There's that word again, Evan. I use that word a lot these days, narrative. Narrative. Uh, That uh, he was somebody who just couldn't depend on. He was untrustworthy. He would get hurt at times. And there there was an element of truth to that without question. But what was forgotten in that is just how productive he was. He averaged 6.8 yards every time he touched the ball. And he did come up with a number of explosive plays that did help them uh, in their offense, put up some of those numbers. And when he was in the game, opposing defenses always had to account for him. So I don't know if it would have been a situation where he was here and awkward and all that, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if DeAndre Swift really has a resurgence and beyond anything he did in Detroit and Philadelphia. And Gibbs is a rookie. Yeah, and I know running backs; it's different. But his big thing is the receiving game. So, and I know he's explosive, but he only did it for one year, really. You know, and uh, because he's at Georgia Tech before that, and it always it's kind of like with JMO. he only did it for one year. So there's a little bit of Nick Fairley only did it for one year. You know, right? Where they were stars. So there's a little bit of that with it, but uh, uh, when they did the pick and did what they did, I, I had no problem with it. It was well thought out, and there's a possibility Gibbs will do that. But they're like you're saying, there's concern. And the other thing with Jamal Williams, you can say whatever you want. Montgomery's a better football player, actually. He, you know yes. long term will have a better career, but he had a great year last year. So well, in that, in the, in the, in the Rob Rob that he two, brought to the team, touchdowns. Yeah. To match him, I mean, think about that: go over a thousand and score seventeen touchdowns. Montgomery's never done that
1: before. No, and it's just, and it's in its new scenery. And listen, uh, this is as optimistic of I as I have been about the Detroit Lions. And I mean, that's saying a lot because, like, we've talked about on our, you know, you can't make this up podcast. Fat that right. we've seen a lot of crap go down with this team, but you just, it just seems like. The leadership that they have right now is the most important thing. And you're right, David Montgomery has only broken a 1,000 yards rushing once in his career, and that was in 2020 with 1,070. And just for somebody knows, I learned this when I was probably like 16 or 17, to average a 1,000 yards in a season, you only need 60 yards a game. And that was at a 16-game season. So it's not like you have to be this 100-yard back game in and game out to do that. But do you think he'll get, like, well, the Lions have two thousand yards rushing as a team. That's a great question. Where else does the running come from if it's not from him? It's got. Well, be you good. wonder, are they going to put St. Brown in the backfield like they flirted They'll with last that.
0: year? They'll do that. No, that, he'll he'll get some yards. The quarterback, you always got to count that into it, and he's yeah. not going to rack up the yards like Fields or, or Hertz or Allen or some of these other
1: guys who can really run. And if Jameson's healthy, you got to expect him on some end of rounds like they did last year. So well, they that they could get there. Yeah,
0: and I like their offense too. The way it's uh, it's it's, it's, it's very snappy. You mm-hmm. know, it's on. You know, it moves in rhythm, and they play to the rhythm. And those type of plays that you're describing, and gosh, how many times does Saint Brown get a key first down on a on a jet sweep? And you and I have watching a lot of Michigan State football. Down two cool. years, ago. we've gotten a bad name. <laughs>
1: Let's not bring up well, bad stuff, Pat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, they got the compulsory five jet sweeps that they have to run for two yards. It wasn't like that. They bring up my St. Brown in motion, 50 mm-hmm. plays, running right by a uh, golf, and then one play right on time. Quick, no hesitation. Boom, the ball's there. He's three yards, first down.
1: You know what's crazy, Pat, is he could arguably end up being the Lions' best non-first-round draft pick of all time. That kid works his ass off, and he is only out there to to produce. I mean, did anybody expect this out of USC? I would say no. The production instantly but the kid. I mean, he could be the steal of that draft for years to come. Well, he's an example of it's not so much the size
0: or speed of the dog in the fight, but the, you know, size of the heart and the dog, man, you know, the dog and the dog.
1: Well, that's what uh, we talked about with
0: branch, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he makes plays, the ball's yeah. thrown to him. He catches it. You know, he finds a way to catch it. If uh, he's got somebody, he's got a hit, he hits. He's the one who gets the better part of the hit. Right. Uh, he's obviously his work room uh, weight room ethic and all that is superior but he's not overly fast, he's not overly big, he's obviously strong oh, and yeah. in shape, but his instincts for football and his ability to uh, get that adrenaline shot when it's his time uh, is exceptional. I mean that's the what it's about, man. It's having that adrenaline shot when the ear play is called and then be able to control it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a controlled rage almost and he's got that ability uh clearly and uh he's you know you mentioned is he the best Lions non first round pick of all time? Hmm. That's a pretty good uh, pretty good question, Evan. You
1: no, know, because I mean, obviously, I mean Kelvin Johnson was Barry Sanders, you know, those are first round guys. You're not who? gonna say that he's gonna be yeah. better than that. Sue, Stafford, all those guys. And, and, and I mean, and, I, mean who, I mean, hell, Herman Moore.
0: You gotta go way back. Yeah. Because the Lions have drafted terribly in the second round, traditionally. I mean, third round. I think they got DeAndre Levy, and he was a pretty good player. And Quandary Diggs in the sixth round, right? Yeah, he was a pretty good player. And uh, Darius Slay, don't forget about this. He was second a second pick. Player. Yeah. So, but he's better than Louis Delmas,
1: Climo Edwards. Like a Delmas was pretty good there for a couple of years, though. Until like he got like a pat out, a pad out. yeah, and everything. you know it was like, the pick what, right Baywire. after him. You know, the pick was right after him. No. Patrick Chung,
0: starting oh. from New England in Super Bowls. Multiple. Of course, uh, uh, Jelani Tavai is now a star with the Patriots.
1: Uh, and they might even be having him play fullback, too. It's like they're all they in on that guy. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. So, anyway, appreciated it. Uh, thanks. Don't
0: forget to download us uh, at the Google Play Store, uh, Apple iTunes Store. Very important for us. Give us likes, you know, all those things. Odyssey.com. You can always find this podcast at pacaputo 98 on Twitter and within the columns uh, that I write uh, 97 Won the ticket website. Also Evan Jenkins, the king of the KC and uh, here on Twitter. There you go. Best Twitter handle of all time. And also. Uh, the 97 won the ticket Facebook page and the 97 won the ticket Twitter or X, I'm sorry, sure. X yep. uh, count. Uh, check that out as well. Uh, we appreciate it uh, every week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.